Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro. Season four. That's right. And what wow. is your famous phrase, Brian, as we get Who into higher that? numbers? People said that it would never last. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think you should say, and they said it never lasts. And it may not. <laughs> We've lasted this long. We're here. We're back. There, there are marriages that haven't lasted this long. So. <laughs> And I've conducted a few of them. <laughs> Welcome back. And I hope you all have missed this. Yeah. I've missed this. Oh, I've it's, admit, it's, it's just been awful. So all the things, all the kind of been, little comments. Just kind of been sitting things. in a corner in my rocking chair, just twiddling when's my the, thumbs. When's the bistro going to come back? When's the bistro going to come back? It's been a long January, am I right? It has. Well, and it's, I woke up this morning and it's negative 14 degrees outside in, in, in balmy, Central Illinois. Yeah, well, this is podcast time, so we're recording this mid-January. That's true. Coming out in February. But yeah, don't don't get freaked out if this is February first and sixth so, or second, Brian. sixth. I don't know. Groundhog Day's already happened. We've we've practiced. <laughs> we're ready to go. We know what we're going to say. Well, we're back. It's how yeah. was your uh, holiday season, it was, Brian? It was nice. It was very nice. Had a good Christmas. Had uh, had uh, we celebrate my birthday on the twelfth day of Christmas because that's when my birthday is. <laughs> nice and. Uh, yeah, it was good. We we had a had a had a nice time. Family got together, had some good food. I made a duck, which was really a good. Duck. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, traditional for, Christmas for, for duck. Christmas Day. A Christmas well, Day we, duck. We actually had that. Our our family got together, uh, like my immediate family got together on um, the uh, on New Year's Day, what oh, we okay. call New Year's Day, and um, you had the duck. So we had the duck then. Yeah, for you know, yeah for Christmas Day we made. Um, we had finger foods. <laughs> Not that you care. Oh, this is the bistro. Way too much people. You know, when you say duck and Christmas, it just yeah. makes me think of a Christmas story. The oh. fa ra 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 ra. No, it wasn't that kind of duck. And they bring it out was... with the head on it and they chop it off. Did you? Anyway. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I like a good uh, I like a good Peking duck, but this is this is not Peking duck. This is gotcha. All right. So we've talked about food. So season yeah. four is off to a good start. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I, I'm glad. How was back. your Christmas? I didn't ask. I apologize. No, that's all right. So. Uh, it was good. It was good. good. We uh, spent some time with some family. Some family came here. Nice. One of the kids got sick for a short amount of time. So, you know, holidays. <laughs> kids. Great. Kids. Yeah. Walking Petri happens. dishes. But uh, are, are they yeah. back? Are they back into school now? I guess. Yes. Back in, into school. In, in beginning of February. <laughs> beginning of February. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting back to school. Our our school calendar is very generous here. Um, <laughs> no, they're they're back in school. Everybody's everybody's doing well. But here again, we're in Bistro East, and it is an, a balmy negative two degrees today. So oh. all the good stuff. Well, I'm excited to be back. A couple yeah. of things okay. I'm excited about. I'm excited that we're doing the yeah. podcast again. But yeah. also. For Some new our things list, for season four, right? New things for season four. We've talked about them for three seasons up to this point. <laughs> new things. Now they're coming to reality. So number one, we have a brand new website. We don't uh, like to rush into things. No, no. <laughs> we want to make sure this is going to stick. So for the past three seasons, we've had a website that has been low-level 
garbage. I'm going to say oh, it right. It's, you did it's fine. fine. It's fine. You go in there. But we have some new features that we've added to it. So number one, right. you can go uh, to our website. You can see the latest episode right there. You can click a wonderful button. It'll take you to, you can listen to it right there. No right. problem. The video link for YouTube will be right there for you as well. Right. Uh, we'll have some show notes in there with some chapters. Yep. You yep. know, it's kind of sh- telling you what's going on here if you want to jump around in the episode. And right. then also some links as well. So um, as we've been known to do in the past, we will say things <laughs> randomly like book titles or things we've read, and then we provide no links for them. Well, that yeah. is all changing uh, this season. Yeah. So we've got a nice platform set up so we can provide links for that. And then also we are adding, um, we, Brian, you've been asked a couple times. I've been asked a couple times sure. about recommended resources. So not only yeah. just books for the episode that we might be doing, but something that someone could read on another, if you've got an idea for a topic. So we're, we're, we've yeah. put together a little bit of a recommended resources page for sure. you as well. So yeah. that has books on there that you can sort through topics, commentaries, and we've also added through a level. I, I through like level. That. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. entry, like if this is new for you, like kind of reading some theology books, we've labeled them easy and uh intermediate and advanced uh so you kind of go like man this is a good book for me or this is not a good book for me because (laughs) that's we're going to talk about a book that you and i have been reading that i was like it's not a good book for anybody it's not a good book for anybody (laughs) i'll be honest but we've we've fought the good fight on that one um so that's on there as well um and we have links on there to purchase those books and just to put it out there. So, uh, you know, we've off, often asked if you enjoy the podcast, you know, to support us uh, on Patreon, you can do that. But even if you're not ready to do that, but you're interested in some of the books, if you go through our website and click on one yeah. of those links, we're an affiliate with Amazon. And so we yeah. get a, a buck or two from each sale of that. That price doesn't change for you, um, but it does help us continue yeah. what we're doing. This- I'd encourage you to do that. You know, if you if you heard about it here and and this is a value to you, then uh, yeah, go through that affiliate link for us and yeah. throw us a couple bucks our way. So. Yeah, and and if you. And if you have questions about books that you're interested in, even on topics that we're not talking about, right. feel free. There's a button on there that you can also send us a message. Um, and we can, Brian and I can chat about that. Brian's got more of the library than I do, but I've read some different stuff than Brian has as well uh, that might be able to talk about your topic. So if there's something, a burning question you got about a book or something you want to read more about, please send us please send us right. a message. Uh, we, we can put the, that resource up there. We can't put the whole Amazon store in there. But, uh, you know, we can put on there if you're interested in something like we can say, hey, here's the book we've added to the store. Um, yep. And then we just get a couple bucks. So yep. that is Appreciate what's that. going on with the website. You can also send it for an email newsletter. We're going to do some more with that um, as well, just to kind of keep everybody informed, but also to make it useful. Uh, yep. a little bit more than Make just a good resource. Yeah, absolutely. Share that with people too. And hey, Ryan, appreciate all your work on that. You've been, I know you're really excited about it. You've been I'm doing excited a lot of about on it. it. There's a lot of, you know, I've been learning a little bit. My pri- yeah. primary thing is video. So I'm learning, I'm learning. And uh, yeah, that's good. Some days are better than others. <laughs> but anyway, Sometimes that's it goes a, better than others. Yeah, right? that's right. It's all up there for you. Uh, we love your feedback on that as well. So as we're kicking off season four, Brian and I, we've put this question on a couple times. To our listeners, like, what would you like to hear? What would you like to talk about? And often we hear a lot of crickets. But <laughs> uh, one of the things that Brian and I have been so we're going to talk about crickets. This. We're going to talk about crickets today. <laughs> it's, they're amazing. Not, not the game. That's terrible. That takes too long. No one knows what's I happening. I don't understand it. No I've one tried, understands I've what's tried happening. I understand it. I think it's simply it. a game to burn time and to make it like, look, a physical activity. Um, no. So we are talking about. 
one of the the questions that uh, I think is kind of a burning question for all yeah. of us is, <laughs> well, it's a couple things. What's wrong? <laughs> or, you know, like the, the well, nature of, uh, we, I've even talked about this is when I was growing up, church was one thing. Yeah. Now it's something different. The, yeah. the culture was one thing. Now it seems something different. I mean, yeah. that's the nature of culture. It changes and evolves. But kind of going, how did we get to where we are? Sure. And how do we as the church respond to that? Right. And so I think everybody's asking these questions. We, you know, we've had uh, Gary Burge on before to talk about the nuns. You know, there's Ryan Burge. Oh, yeah, Ryan Burge. We haven't had Gary Burge on yet, but Ryan no. Burge uh, on to talk about the nuns, to talk about, um, you know, this this increasing group that has no religious affiliation. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, and I'm just kind of throwing you a, a curveball, as I always do, but the, the Pew uh, Charitable Trust did a, a research study just last month, and it said that 70% of Americans believe in some form of spirituality, right? Mm. They believe in some spiritual realm, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But anyway, what you're saying is that we've been trying to understand, like everyone else, kind of why, has thing, why have things changed and why do we have decreasing church attendance that it, that it appears? Why does the church seem to lack some vitality and that kind of thing? So yeah, you know, and, we, yeah, and it, and as someone who I, I went to a Bible college, I was a worship minister. You know, I yeah. I uh, grew up and came out in a time where it's like, how can we make this worship culturally relevant? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, how are we reflecting this? And this was the age when the bands were starting on the stage, sure. and oh, you might play a secular song, you know, right. in some times and uh i went through all that and then it's sounds like there, there comes a time of like what are we doing what right. how did we get here what's going on why why did i feel like the, that we need to do that why do other churches need to do that and so um the question is is you know we, we've been asking is why and even for us in this podcast how do we make something that's helpful to the church, right? you know, like what, what is useful to the church? And so as we were kicking off this season four, we thought, you know, maybe we need to talk a little bit more about some of these things. When right. we started this podcast, we wanted to create a podcast that uh, talked about the Bible theology and all things related to the, the Christian faith, <laughs> but we didn't want to make it, there are podcasts that are just like, hey, this is going on in culture. Let's look at this particular thing. Yeah. You know, let's dump kind of on it. I was thinking it's, it's the equivalent in Twin Peaks, or not Twin Peaks, uh, uh, X-Files to uh, the Freak of the Week, you know, the, those those monster episodes where it's yeah. like, okay, what's what's in the news this week? Let's let's talk about it. There, there are those podcasts out there, and they're interesting. They're, yeah. uh, they're, and, they can and, be and useful, but that's not, what, yeah. that's not what we wanted to do with this yeah, one, we, right? Yeah, so with that in mind, not kind of we thought it'd be better for us to take part of this season um, and kind of be a theme for this season. It's not going to be everything that we do, but one of the things that we thought was important to talk about was kind of talking about analyzing how did we get here, which is part of it, diagnosing, talking about how did we get here, but also then on the other side, talking about how should we live right. in this context as faithful Christians, as obedient Christians, um, and connecting with the world that we live in. So it's one of those kind of on almost, as we've said before, meta narrative level or a larger level. We're wanting to kind of think about these things, not necessarily, you know, as we said, just let's react to the topic of the day. But what what are the big societal and cultural changes that we're seeing? So uh, one of the books we read, and we've talked about a little bit, uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit more specifically, is Charles Taylor, A Secular Age. A lot of our 
uh, peers and and different people. Oh, look, there it is. There's the cover. And I bet I bet if you go to our website, you can find that. You can. That. This will be but under the do. super advanced <laughs> thing of I hate myself. Yes, I want to buy this book. But we uh, we read through that uh, together, and uh, it, it it's one of these books, and I'll say more about this in a minute, but it, it's one of these books that as you read it, I, I kept saying to people, it's messing me up. Because as you read it, you begin to look around you, and you can see that it is describing the situation we find ourselves in. So I think it was, use, was super useful in that way. A lot of people talked about its importance. Uh, but while we were reading that, then uh, I had another student who said, well, and I was talking to him about this saying, you know, hey, it's messing me up. And uh, he said, well, you should read Andrew Root, uh, this, this other student. And and I, I kind of put it on the back burner, didn't think about it much. Uh, and I can't remember now why I picked it up again this last year, but uh, but I I thought, oh, I need, need to do that. So I picked up Root's book, first book. He's got a series of six in this kind of a secular age series where he uses Taylor's work, uh, but he's making it very practical. And here's how it applies to the church. Um, and, and we'll say more about Root a little bit later. But the first book is called Faith Formation in a Secular Age. And so I started reading it along with some other people, and I immediately said to Ryan, you you really need to read this book mm-hmm. as well. This has been not only helpful in understanding Taylor, but there's also been some uh, some practical elements in the way that he applies it to the church that I think are helpful as well. But that having been said, so Taylor points out some major shifts and major changes that have taken place. Basically, you want to talk, uh, Ryan, about kind of his overarching thesis or what he's trying to do? And I'm talking about Taylor's book, yeah. now, Secular and, and Age. Charles Taylor's Secular Age, basically... Again, super advanced book. Um, <laughs> he's a he's a French Canadian uh, Roman Catholic philosopher, and so, so he writes super like smart. One. Yeah. So. Um, but so the, the secular age. What he's what he's trying to highlight through that is, if you look back to the 1500s, everyone had faith in God. Like there was, um, for you to not have faith in God right. would have made you the outsider. Right. And like all of life was centered around God, the church, you know, and yeah, God. the church, mm-hmm. the church, and God. Um, that every part of our life was was influenced by that. To now, and he wrote this what in two thousand seven is when this book was Something published. Like I believe, yeah, two thousand seven. Yeah. Um, that now that faith in God or Christian faith is one of a constellation of yep. options of belief that it right. used to be like, you believe this, um, you believed in, in, in God 1500s to, well, you could believe in God or you could believe in anything else or, it's, or, or nothing or nothing. You could choose not They're to all, believe in God, right? All valid options. Yeah. And so his, the, the, the point of this book is to, to show how did we, what happened culturally right. What happened, you know, it's, it talks about what happens in the church, what happened in philosophy, yeah. what happened in uh, politics, some of these right. things that moved us to this point where it became much, much less about one thing to a constellation. Well, and, and uh, let me ideas. say, let me say one of the things that whenever I describe this to people, people are always like, well, science, you know, and or there's some mm-hmm. kind of very simplistic uh, answer that they have. And, and the thing I really appreciate about uh, about Taylor's book is he does, he said, it's not that it's not nearly that simple. It's not a simple, as he says, subtraction story. It's not simply that these things are taken away, but, but 
we are moving to something else. Uh, and, and in doing so, we're we're emphasizing other other aspects. So, you know, go, go ahead. Yeah, and I would say one of the main things, and I think this is going to be really something for us as we go throughout season four here, is the idea that back, back in 1500s, or, you know, around this time, yeah. he, he would describe the person as porous. So right. what that meant was that the, the, a person would acknowledge spiritual realities, that sure. there were angels, that they were demons, and that God and Satan and demons, all that stuff, had influence in the physical realm. Right. That, you know, uh, Andrew Root, who we're going to talk a little bit more about here, basically uh-huh. says, like, faith in God in the 1500s and 1600s was not boring. Because, you know, if you would never uh, say the Lord's name in vain, because if you did that, you were bringing down a reality upon yourself. Like faith in God was, you know, it's almost, I don't want to use the word magic, not in the Mm -hmm. way that we would use it, but that like how I lived my life and what happened had a, a, a reality. So had a spiritual, spiritual, spiritual component, yes, spiritual reality to it. And then now, we almost live in a in a world of where we don't acknowledge any yeah. spiritual interaction with ourselves. And this is what Taylor calls the imminent frame. He's basically saying that there's this this kind of physicality to our belief now, and, and everything has to be explained within that. Now, one of the helpful things I'll say to me in this, so, so I, I want to say this before we get too much further. I'd mentioned to Ryan, one of the things I think when I say Taylor messed me up and Roots messing me up now is. These are books when you read them and you begin to take on board their ideas, you look around and you see the ideas that they're expressing at work within the world around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, my mentor and and some other people who've been influential on me used, would use the phrase of explanatory power. Um, so, so a thesis or an idea, if it has explanatory power, then you give it you give it credibility, right? Uh, and, and I think that's what I find compelling about about this strain of thought is you look around, you say, okay, yeah, I mean, I see this in the commercials. I see this in movies. Mm-hmm. I see this in the conversation I have with people at the store. You know, these these big ideas. Now, now here's the thing that, that I think we need to take on board. And this is why I think Taylor's book is so subtle in the way that he, he brings this about. But this view has even affected us in the church. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he uses the term, uh, Taylor uses the term social imaginary. And basically he's saying these are the, kind of the set of ideas that are, uh, I'm going to call them our default, right? Th- these are kind of where we begin when we think about the world. And it's not only affected things in, in the culture, you know, around the church, but it has affected the church. Uh, and, and, you know, th- that's an important thing for us to understand, I think, if we are going to respond to um, where we are and and if we're going to try to understand why things within the church have changed and things that <laughs> I'm going to say it this way, even though as I say it again, I'm thinking, thinking about this in, in a different way, things that used to work right within the church in order to to make the church vital no longer work. Um I think we sometimes, even within the church, are looking toward not God's action, and this is Root's point. I think, and in, in, if we're gonna if we're gonna kind of summarize his his main point, is even when we're trying to see the way that the church um, should should have life and should grow and should should be what what God intends for it to be, we look to ourselves for that, 
because we can't see outside uh, of the of the physical, right? We're only looking, we can't see the spiritual, we're only looking at the physical. And so the question never arises, well, what what what's God's part in this? What's God, you know, how how do we understand God's activity in 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 our community? Instead, it's what can we do? You know, what are we doing wrong? What can we do in order to fix the situation? And and just the way we ask that question shows that we've bought into that bigger, um, that bigger part of our of our society i guess is what yeah. what i would say well and, and i love what you said it, you know explanatory is like i can look at the world around me and it helps me extend it we can also look at ourselves you know sure. like i see yep. myself in yep. some of these things and understanding how i you know we talk about a sm- social imaginary and if you've never heard that term it comes off sounding weird <laughs> like it's not imagination but it's this right. idea of like how did we all start to develop these ideas and thoughts we live in a culture and we're, we're shaped, we're shaped by that. Yeah. Um, but you know, how we think about, and again, this is one of those things, explanatory power. I can't sit through something and not hear yeah. some of these thoughts coming out. Not, not only hearing the thoughts, but you start to see kind of behind the curtain, like this is what's being right. said or what's, what's happening there. And I think that's a really important thing with some of these books that we talked about, Charles Taylor, you know, that was a first, my first introduction to, to kind of this sociology, theology, kind of discuss, um, more sociological um, developments, but seeing the church and seeing myself and how we form things is an important part of yeah. diag. This is part of the diagnosis because I think again, what it, the problem has been, and we'll talk more about this is we've misdiagnosed and now we're putting the wrong prescription on right, it. I mean, that, that, it, that's what's comes down to. We're just continuing to try to find the right thing, right? That's going to, that's going to um, solve this, this issue that we find, but there's really a big, um, you know, seismic kind of shift that has taken place. It's much bigger than, you know, is going to be solved by, by something along those lines. So that, you know, there's lots of differences, uh, distinctions that, that, um, uh, Taylor makes, but one of them is this idea that we've shifted, uh, and it's almost a deistic, right? It, it's almost mm-hmm. a, a form of deism, where even if I believe in God, he's kind of irrelevant to my day-to-day life. Uh, I understand that my life is more governed by physical realities than it is uh, in any kind of a, for lack of a better term, supernatural or spiritual reality. Um, and and you know, like I said, even the church, even you know, even we have been influenced and affected by that. Um, the other major shift, are you done talking about this one or do you want to? <laughs> sure. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, done. Go ahead. I mean, if you want to say something else. Uh, the other major shift that I think is really important for us to understand is Taylor calls it again, and, and, and you mentioned the language. Every philosopher uses their own language, right? They come up with oh words gosh, and, yeah. because they want to be very specific, right? So they, mm-hmm. they give very specific definitions for these terms. But he talks about it moving from an age of duty into an age of authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I think this, again, has a, when you look around us, it explains a lot. Uh, he, he would say that there was a time, and even, even not that long ago um, in our own country and, and in the West in general, where there was a sense of duty, uh, I would say, to your community, to your family, probably family first, community, and to your, to your country, 
And that has moved from a sense of duty. In other words, this is my place and these are the things that I'm supposed to do because of my connection with others into an age of what he calls authenticity, where the highest good is, is really to be my authentic self. Um, and, and so it's focused not so much upon what does my community and family and, and country need of me, but what do I need myself in order to flourish um, and, and become the highest um, expression of, of you know, who I can be. So that shift's been a major thing as well. Um, yeah, well, it's, and, it's, the, it's the idea that we, we talk about like in the deistic realm, like purpose doesn't come from God. Purpose sure. comes from myself, you know, and so even in the idea, you know, Andrew talks about this is even in our country, um, even if it wasn't oriented towards God necessarily, but even in our own country, talking about, you know, we talk about the greatest generation of World War II, you know, the, the men and women who went and fought or built or whatever, there was no need to really drum up support drum up people to do it they felt this sense of duty they felt like serving the purpose that the country had a purpose for them they they were part of something it wasn't what they thought and so they went and fought there was there wasn't a question we were attacked let's go you know there was everybody signed up and then contrast that you know and he kind of highlights some of these things going through this is you get to the vietnam war and it was like well i don't want to go (laughs) <laughs> and it was, I'm going to tear up my card. Right. And, you know, I'm going to tear up my draft card. Uh, yeah. And let's be fair. I mean, I, I think that there were things that took place. And, and the, the two major kind of actors in this is both corporations, but also our government, you know, or governments uh, showed themselves to be unreliable actors in, in some some instances. You know, things like um, uh, Watergate would be just one, you know, a big, a big oh, yeah. glaring example, but there are other smaller ways in which, um, you know, it was shown that there were actors that did not have the best interest of the nation as a whole in mind. Let's, let's say at a governmental level and I'll just leave it at that. Right. right. But then, but then also even corporations, uh, you know, even though their appearance in commercials and everything at that point was kind of like, this is for advancement. This is to, 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 you know, give you, the best and this kind of thing that they, they had ulterior motives. The corporations did in order to continue to make producers, right. And, and to continue to build the economy. And, you know, it has come out that there were bad actors in that, you know, that they, that they didn't have the best interest of the consumer in mind. Now I say that and it's kind of funny because now we just take those things for granted, but, but that's part of the move from this idea of a sense of, of duty, and you kind of understand it. The only reason I wanted to mention that is it's not—it's not people just suddenly becoming callous, or you know, I just don't like, care. I only care anymore. about myself. Yeah, right. There it, were there, movements that happened that took place that made this that made this the reality, um, and, and so we began focusing on this, and and um, you know, the, you can see historically the movement through, let's say, the post-war period, the baby boom, um, you know, period of time, the baby boomers kind of becoming the focus. Uh, we've used that term, and I'm saying in the past we've seen that term, the me generation. You know, where again it became all about what what do I get and what do I want. I mentioned this just in a sermon yesterday. Actually, uh, we can all think of people uh, who, you know, again, sense of duty. For example, uh, I'm thinking about the effects that I have on others, like my spouse and my and and my children, um, but. 
you know, we all can think of examples of ourselves again and, and others perhaps who said, oh, but I want this for myself. And basically, I don't care. All I care about is what it means for me. I don't. I don't care about the effect that it's going to have upon others. And again, that's probably a very blunt. You know, we see it in subtle ways as well. But that's that's a that's a blunt example uh, of seeing that that shift. Yeah, and I think and I think we live. Uh, I'm going to say this in a unique time, uh, and this is one of the things that uh, Andrew Root brings up in his book. But we're moving at a speed. Like yeah. things are very moving quickly. And so, you know, the, you ask my parents about what they had seen has changed or that can how people have changed. Yeah. Like w- w- culture has shifted pretty dramatically in a very, very fast time. And part That's of that right. is, again, the world that we live in, communication, social media, like the things that are happening. And some seems some things are happening at this hyper uh it, maybe accelerated rate that might have, you know, culture shifts seemed like they took a little bit longer in the past. Maybe right. that's rose colored glasses for me in the past. <laughs> um, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. And and part of that would be communications and, and, you know, just the, the speed at which information is mm-hmm. disseminated now and that kind yeah. of thing. All right. So we've kind of got this idea that, that we're working yeah. on, like the, the things have <laughs> changed. Uh, you right. know, and again, we can't summarize Charles Saylor's book because it's 900 pages of. Yeah, the, those are just a couple of the major shifts, I think, that affect affect the church. But again, uh, with this podcast, we don't want to focus just on the negative, you know, like the yeah. negative, like, yes, we know there's a problem. Um, and so one of the things I want to talk about is like, and we want to spend our time this season is kind of talking about how do we live in such a way right. uh, that we we can fulfill the mission. And so, and if, sure. part of that is evaluating ourselves and, and what we're, what we're doing in yeah. that. So let me say before we move on to that, just, just so when we ask the question about why is, why is church attendance different than it used to be? When we think about that move from duty to authenticity, you know, in the past it was like, well, you go to church because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. And, and you know, I think about some of the people who are members of my congregation, some of the older members, that's still their, their feeling, you know. Uh, we, we went to virtual church this, this last week because the high was supposed to be negative one <laughs> on Sunday. And we were worried about people feeling, oh, I've, if church is open, I've got to be there. Right, mm-hmm. and, and that it would be dangerous. It actually ended up being even lower high than that, and it was it was even colder than than had, they had predicted. So it was a, it was a good call, I think we made, you know, in terms of uh, of safety. But 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 that shift from a sense that that's what you do now to a, an age of authenticity. It's like, well, I will go if it works for me, mm-hmm. right? If it does something for me, um, uh, you know. So only as long and only as far as. I get something out of it. So it's not about what I can contribute to, to the, to the church or what part I have in playing in it, but it's what does the church do for me? And and I'll say again, in that same period of time that we saw some governments and some corporations kind of being unveiled as, as being bad actors, Mm -hmm. we in fairness have to say that, you know, part of the things we see in deconstruction that we've talked about before and these things is that there have been, um, you know, scandals involving major leaders in in the church as well during that same period of time, uh, where it's it's been shown that they were not 
you know, acting out of a sense of calling and and um, responsibility, and we still see that, right? Uh, e- even in the last year or so, there's been examples of that. So, so again, you kind of understand where people in the past would have said, "I support the church. I want to give money to the church." Now there are those who say, "Well, you know, that money is going to be used in ways that I don't, you know, I don't approve of, or those those people don't have my best interest in mind." That kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the, this is the part of the social imaginary, you know, like that those, those moments get absorbed into the, you know, into our uh, collective minds. And so it's through this lens that we start evaluating, like this is, this is just to be expected. So So, what we can, we can't just move back though, (laughs) right? right? We can't just say, well, now let's get back to where things were before because things have changed. And so we have to think about how can we move forward in a way, given the the realities now, that will um, you know continue to 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 help us to be the people that God wants us to be in this current situation. Yeah. Well, and yeah, there's a lot here. So, <laughs> well, I, you know, we talked about like turning, yeah. like, what does it mean for us? And so I'm I'm going to talk for me and maybe what I okay. see and myself as I, I want to kind of explain this, like this, almost sure. this deistic thing where I, I, I'm looking at the social world that I'm swimming in, you know, for us and in our tradition of communion, you right. know, that, that we we come to this idea, it, it's a memorial, you know, like it's, or it's just a remembrance of a sure. remembrance of what Christ has done. And I'll even say for myself, I would take it and it was, it, uh, it was just an inward, inward time of me looking at myself. Right. Um, but I realized after reading some of this stuff, like, do I think there's a spiritual reality here? Am I living and do, you know, scripture, I think I'm communing with him, with, with Christ in this, um, and with the church and with others, you know, through him. But even for me is, as I'm taking communion, kind of going, what's going on here? Is there right. something going on here? And I don't know if that's for anybody else. I mean, if you're Catholic, you don't think that, um, <laughs> you know, but from, from, from our movement, I'm kind of going, I'm taking communion, but what yeah. do I think is, what do I think is happening here? And how some of these ideas that would have been like, again, 1500s, you know, would have been totally right. foreign, but I'm swimming in those waters. And even as someone who sure. goes to church every Sunday and participates in this and does a podcast to kind of go, how am I thinking and how right. is the, how is this thinking affected me yeah. in all of this? Well, and I'll say for me, the and it's related to that, the the idea of the church as the body of Christ. I mean, we use that that term and nobody thinks anything of it, but in what way do we together become the body of Christ? Uh, what you know? What does that mean? Uh, it, it, you know, again, like you said, is that something more than? Do we just mean well? We we fellowship together well, or we get along? You know, it, it's community. Um, you know, and and one of the things I'm trying to get members of my congregation to to ask the question, and and, and this is this is really what it comes down to, is why do we go to church? What I shouldn't say even go to church, but why are we a part? of the church? Why are we actively involved in the church? Um, and, and again, is it just because what we, we can quote unquote get out of it or, or what do we think happens when we, when we participate together as the body of Christ? Uh, and, and that's for me, that's that kind of thinking. Is there anything beyond the physical? Because I mean, let's face it, if it's just about, and that's why I think uh, younger people don't get it because 
you know, I, I can think of a very specific example. I'm going to be careful not to mention, but but if they if their parents say to them, "Well, it, it, we get along with these people. We have you know, it's our social circle." They're going to say, "Well, we have other other social circles, right? We just don't we don't you know we don't have uh, we don't get together and celebrate with the same people you do. We have different groups that get together surrounding different things." And so my point is the church has to be more than just another social group, right? Uh, it has to be more than, you know, it's not the Rotary Club or you know whatever else. I can't even think of, you know, it's not, it's not my local, um, you know, whatever group. Um, it's, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's got to be more than that uh, if we are going to make a claim that, that, you know, because otherwise, then, like you said, it's just one choice among many. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be a, I can be a part of a bowling league, I can play euchre on Sundays, or I could go to church. It's up to me. You know, right? But is there something that the church does? Is there something that the church is that is is more than some of these other? You know, beyond the physical, I guess is what I'm what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, and and that's the question. If if God is if it's all imminent. There is no transcendence. Sure. You know that right. there's no. I go to church and I'm actually communing with a transcendent God. Then yes, church just becomes as much of an experience that yeah. we try to generate as the bowling league or the euchre league or right. you know going playing, to a football game, going or, to so- you know, yeah, going to yeah. play softball or a travel team or whatever. And so uh, I think that's that's the question we have to ask. And for me, again, looking back on this, it's the church has been. We've tried to. Andrew Root is a youth teaches youth ministry and he kind of points uh-huh. this out through some of this is just like especially with our with our kids it's like how do i tie god or the concept of god and jesus with these other fun activities you know it's right. so so it's like so their experience of these other fun activities is equated with this and then we just keep them here instead of kind yeah. of going how do we have them experience transcendence in this like yeah. that that's the that's the question in a world where everything is just about how i feel and the church and if the church doesn't um is is playing that game with yeah. you know like the church won't win we can't make a a sunday morning right. feel like a U2 concert for, you know what I mean? Or <laughs> well, Taylor and, Swift concert. And I'm, what you talked, yeah. What you talked about earlier, the, the kind of the band and, and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's what we were trying to do is let's, yeah. and, and that, that buys into the idea of what, what the young people want is, is what's out there. And so it comes to the point of what's, what's the difference then, mm-hmm. you know, why would I come to a, a, a cheap imitation, right. You know, of, of, the experience that I can have, like you said, at a Taylor Swift concert, why would I come to achieve Im- imitation uh, of somebody singing a Taylor Swift song as the opening for a, for a church service? And then a guy's going to stand up for 45 minutes and bore me, you know? Um, anyway. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I had this experience. Uh, I always tell you before we even started, you know, I, I went to a concert at with the symphony on yeah. Friday Yeah, and was kind of a weird sensation. Uh, this the guy, his name's Cody Fry, does this uh, version of Eleanor Rigby with this orchestration, and it kind of points out that the song Eleanor Rigby is pretty dark. <laughs> like it's right. it's a it's a dark dark song, and and his arrangement of this, there's a choir. Well, he has no choir with him. He's traveling around with this, and so we become the choir. 
And uh, so the the choir part is uh, I look at all the lonely people. Yeah. I look at all the lonely people and I'm in this room that's packed with people and the orchestra and these strings going and we're all singing. I look at all the lonely people. I mean, you kind of get chills through it. Yeah. It's weird. We're a choir singing about, I look at all the lonely people, but we're sometimes connected by these lyrics. I mean, there's lots of things happening, right? but kind of going, we're trying to create this experience like this in the church and some, you know what I mean? Like it's, I could hear them and we're all like joined together. And so, but then at church, we're trying to recreate some of those, that same feeling. We're kind of going like Jesus is that feeling. We don't need to, we don't need to chase it necessarily with all of our experience making things. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm just, it does. It reminds me a little bit of what our friend Chad Dragsdale uh, talks about. And and I hope we can get him back on this season, uh, season four, but what he talks about with this idea that, that we, the anxiety that we see in young people today, the, the, the various issues, like you mentioned, loneliness is kind of a byproduct of, of these developments that we, that we have, Um, you know, it becomes a parent's responsibility, and, and you want to talk about positive stuff. We're still talking about negative stuff. But let's yeah, we're going to shift there. it. Let's shift it. But uh, but the uh, you know the parents find the responsibility of helping people find something their their children to find something to be engaged in, right? And that's that's what they're looking for. And uh, you know, so so whether it's again travel baseball or whether whether it's um, drama or whatever that you know that's that's their identity uh, which which becomes kind of discovering themselves and that's that's kind of the highest good again rather than thinking about how do I fit in with others and how do I uh, what's my responsibility to others how do I minister to others and those kind of things so yeah so okay kind of set up the problem <laughs> it's deep you know I, I think is. that's one of the things that we want to talk about is like is setting up this, what, what is the problem? And it's a deep problem. It's not just people like, well, if, you know, I've heard this recently, well, we, if we can just get prayer back in school, like that's right. going to fix the issues. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not, you know it's what I mean? More like than that, yeah. it's more than that. And, and it's not to say that God, if we pray in school, that God just can't come down and fix the problems, but kind of going, it, it, there is, this is a deep problem. It's not that we just stop praying. It's just like it, it, pray to who now you know yeah. like it's yeah. or to what um right. and so let's talk about andrew ruth a little bit like sure. as he kind of dives through this book and it yeah. and it's not um we're focusing on this for a reason we'll, we'll reveal that here in just a second but <laughs> talk about a little bit about how he sees what yeah. in a in a time of we can't reverse the idea of the age of authenticity we can't revert that and just go back right. to the 1500s it, it doesn't work we can't just mm-hmm. pretend that we all of a sudden believe in these things like it's it's ingrained to us how do we live how do we faithfully live and provide what what is being looked for out there how does authenticity in the church go together i think one of them that he he talks about quite a bit and and this this is one of the things in his book that really brought it home to me is he says even when we're looking for solution to these things we're looking to ourselves as i mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier so i think we need to make sure that we are trusting in God's activity in, in connection with these things. In other words, we need to look for the way that God is already active in our community. So so we believe in, in God, but we also believe that he is actively involved in our day-to-day lives. And so 
he suggests one of the things that we can do is to make sure that we highlight those stories of the way that we've seen God's activity in our community and in our individual lives as a part of the way that we um, um, connect with one another in worship and and in a com- in a, in a church community is is making sure we're centering God's activity rather than talking about the things that you know that we're doing. And so I think that's that's one one part of this. What mm-hmm. what do you think in, in regard to that? Yeah, I, I think what his thing is is, and he brought this up. And I, again, this is a new I, wasn't a new idea per se, sure. but just the, the way that he framed it was, you know, when Jesus has encounters Saul, Paul on the Damascus yeah. Road. Sure, he he says to Saul, "Why are you persecuting me? Right? Why are you persecuting me?" And again, you, you, I can read this story in Acts and go, oh, why are you persecuting me? But it's kind of like, <laughs> well, but Paul, Saul is persecuting the church and church. the individuals in the church. Yeah. And so, but Jesus is making this connection to the church and I are one, you know, like, right. like, so when you persecute my people, you're persecuting me. And so he talks about like, what is that? What does that mean? You know, how do we look right. at what does it mean? And he references in Paul, like, what does it mean to be in Christ? In Christ you know, yeah. Paul says, in Christ, we have this. In Christ, we have that. And so part of his thing is kind of going, how do we, what does that mean? Like, right. what does it mean to be in Christ? And, um, you know, I think one of his things he talks about, he uses the word ministry and uses yeah. it really broadly. You know, yeah. it's, I, I was having this conversation with my wife, like, oh, he says, you know, it's, it's in ministry. And she's like, well, I, you know, is it in the church or, you know what I mean? Right. Like, no, he's not just paid the word ministry, ministry, not yeah. paid ministry, but in ministry to, to one another that we can have this experience uh, of Christ. And that, um, you know, he, he, he goes through this and drawing saying that like the very nature of God is ministry is service right. that Jesus, though he's in the very nature of God, didn't consider equality God with something to be grasped like it. And huh. so, because he has got like the very nature of God is ministry is serving others at the deficit of yourself, you know, that sure. not the deficit of yourself, but yeah, like thinking get, of others more highly than yourself. And so not, not claiming what you, what, what could rightfully be afforded to mm, you. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when we do that, we're participating yeah. in the ministry of Christ and we're participating in, in Christ in these ways. And so, yeah. you know, that, the idea of transcendence going up is in us going down in right. some ways in that. Right. And so what is that, that those experiences and that when we become in Christ, it's not just how I think, but it's my very nature. Yeah. It's it, the way it, I it's act. True. It's the way I respond to others. Yeah. I think that's, that's right. And, uh, you know, he uses Michael Gorman's work quite a bit, um, the book's and called Cruciformity. Cruciformity is one of the books. And uh, um, yeah, but it, it basically that that the whole – so the, the cross is the center of, of, of Christianity, not just in terms of that action and what Jesus did, but he also then – remember, he tells us to take up our cross, right? Right. Mm-hmm. If you would be my disciple, you must take up your cross and follow me. And the idea is that we all have to empty ourselves on behalf of another. And when we do that, 
uh, we're in a sense reenacting, if you will, the the crucifixion, right? It, it, obviously, to a lesser degree in that kind of thing, but but we're we're shaping our lives in the same shape as Christ, so we're becoming like Him in that. And I'll mention it's not not only Paul, but you know, John talks about being in Christ. Uh, you know, I, I always think about this really interesting statement in in John fifteen, where he says, "If you remain in me, and I remain in you." So there's this. This kind of, and again, it's a, should I use the word mystical? It's it's this connection, right? That is that is uh, in a very real sense a way that we, um, you know, take on the character and nature of Christ, and we we live differently uh, as a result of that. We act differently as a result of that. So yeah, not just not just an ascent to faith. It's not just a matter of saying I believe these certain things, but but I see the the person of Christ as the center of of the way that that the world works. Um, so yeah, it, it reminded me as as I was reading through this and thinking about this revelation. You know, you're yep. talking about John, but Jesus and to the the message to the churches yep. and my lampstand is with you, but I have this like it, you're right. you're not participating with me right. in ministry. And Jesus said, I, I, I remove my lampstand from you, yeah. I remove my presence from you. Like there is yeah. there is an essence of Christ joining, joining yeah. with them, and, and, and you know, it's about ministry at that point. You know, like, this is how you live in this context, and Jesus is saying, like, my presence is with you, but, yeah. you know, I'm joined with you in this. So the, that's the positive thing about it then. So that's something you're not going to get anywhere else. <laughs> right. Right. It, it, it is when the church— when, when we when we serve one another, where we share in, in the stories of one another, uh, where we have true fellowship with one another, I think is where Christ says, "Then I am in your midst, right? I am there with you." Uh, in, in a mystical way, you know, in a, in a, his presence is a real presence, uh, you know, and, and so that trans that that transcendence that we seek, then I think we can see, um, you know, made real or. Um, personified in, in in those actions i think yeah it's you know it's we we can i think we have shadows of this in our world you yeah. know like when we see someone being served in a way and it's like that, that's amazing you know what i mean like there's this call we, sure. we, we get these glimpses of something yeah. um and our minds typically want to squash it down to like oh right. it's just it's just this oh you just help this person but kind of going i think it, what he's trying to say is like we're, we're getting the glimpses of, of Christ. And we're actually, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the, in this ministry, uh, there's a, a real transcendent reality that is happening yeah. in front of you and that you're participating in, which is why he talks about stories right. so much is that we can, that becomes, as we share our stories of, of Christ working in, in the ministry, th- this, that is transcendence. You're not going right. to get that with watching videos of puppy dogs on Facebook. <laughs> you know, it's cute. Well, and, and, and you, you, we haven't really talked about this too much. You mentioned it, but this idea of the the many alternate spiritualities then that we have available to us, right? That um, we're we're seeking. We still want to transcend it. You know, we we still we still want to believe in a supernatural realm. But you know, again, if we've squashed this within the church and flattened it to the point that there that there is nothing special or unique that happens in that place. Then, then we're in difficulty. But if we can regain this sense that no, this is where Christ, you know, resides. This is this is where He is active, and uh, this is the way that we can see Him working 
through us and in the world, um, then I think we we have you know something that that is um, I would say something that that is that is special, something that is that can't be found someplace else. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know, as you talked about what that the research that seventy percent of yeah. Americans exclaim that they're spiritual. Like, there's we're still reaching out. You know, it's even yeah. though that we live in such a way that it almost doesn't seem like it's affecting us. We're trying to reach back. You know, yeah. like we're trying to build the Tower of Babel and get up to them. Right. It's true. <laughs> yeah, we're well, trying to we're trying to yeah. build this back up. And so, as a church, knowing that we're doing this, how do we? Make that transcendence yeah. through ministry the the utmost that that like this is right. unique. This is this is what's in front of us, and I think that's yeah. what Andrew's trying to to bring out here is like yeah. there is something unique here. You're not going to get that in softball. Now you might have some moments with your team, and it's like oh this is great, and you got the high, but just like everything else in life. You have the high, and then it's like, oh, it's yeah. next season, and it's down again. You know, like you're constantly being. <laughs> you're built. not gonna be playing. You're not gonna be playing softball when you're 60 years old, right? Maybe, no, maybe, no. Th- that that experience fades, but right. you know that in ministry, which can happen in a variety all the time, we're always living in in a place where we can do ministry. That that you you can connect and have an experience with a yeah. transcendent God. So. Just to kind of uh, come toward the end, we mentioned we mentioned uh, you know Root's book, uh, Faith Formation in a Secular Age, is the first in the series of six. Yeah, uh, the second you and I are just getting ready to start on, which is um, a pastor in a secular age. I believe is the title. Is that right? Basically, yeah. how how and the third is a congregation in a secular congregation age. in a secular age, and, and so you know we're planning on reading through some of these, uh, but then we also have. Um, something special coming up this season. Yes, you want to, you want we have. <laughs> yeah, uh, Doctor Doctor Root is going to join us, or a- Andy Andrew. Andy, as he says, you know. Right? Well, I say NT Wright, and you're like Tom Tom Wright. <laughs> so I'm going to say his full title at least once. So uh, Andrew Root's going to join us on the podcast uh, yeah. here soon. Um, we're going to hopefully get maybe a couple episodes from him to talk about these ideas and how we as Christians. Uh, you know, if you're a pastor in a church thinking about what does this look like for us, you know, this kind of, it's holding up a mirror, you know, who, who are we? And then how do we live in this context and be faithful witnesses? I would also recommend, so we're going to have his books, I think in the link on your new website that you need to check out. Our new uh, website, not mine. Our new website. I don't know. I don't know how they work, but, um, so Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll claim it. it so. Yeah, sure. But it has my name in it, I guess. Uh-huh. The uh, the other thing I'll mention is uh, we should link to uh, Andrew Root's uh, podcast himself. It's yeah. very well done. And it helps make some of his ideas accessible. I think um, you know if you're if you're a podcast person, which you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, uh, then then that might be another way to access some of his ideas. And I love the way he brings in some very uh, you know some culturally relevant uh, illustrations to kind of show us the you know, the way that things have changed. And so I think that would be a useful, a useful tool that you'd find as yeah. well. So that's going to be, you know, we wanted to kind of set this up because I think this kind of idea is going to start worming its way yeah. into a lot of our discussions uh, going forward. So we're going to have uh, Andrew Root with us uh, here in the near future. And then also to kind of give you a glimpse ahead in case you think I'm going to talk a whole lot more this season and you're like, I'm out. Um, we're actually going <laughs> to, Brian's going to be doing some more stuff here. We're actually starting a new series here coming yes, up biblical uh, series next week and it is on a book i know everyone has been dying to dig into <laughs> um 
and it's kind of spawns out of a conversation I had with someone. I'm like, oh, they're you know doing a a, a monthly Bible reading or a daily Bible daily, reading, yeah. and and as a joke, he's like, yeah, I'm going to stick with it until I get to Leviticus. And so the we are starting. We love to hate. Yeah, we all love to hate. So we're going to look at the book of Leviticus going forward yeah. here. We're going to have a, a series uh, going forward on the book of Leviticus. We are not going just chapter by chapter. There's too much in there. You would all hate us and never not verse by again. verse. Not verse by verse. Uh, but we're going to look at the book of Leviticus. It's going to be broken up with uh, some of uh, Andrew Root's episodes. And we got some other episodes that we're going to break it up with. But we're going to be starting Leviticus next week. So if this is not your cup of tea, um, <laughs> Your Leviticus may be. Yeah, your Leviticus <laughs> may be your tea next week. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going on. We appreciate you uh, coming yeah. back. You know, this this episode's a little different. We want to just talk about some of those concepts and and uh, where we might be going and some of the conversations we're going to have going forward this season. We hope you are enjoying that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next Tuesday with Leviticus. Brian, anything you want to say as we're kind of wrapping up here? Uh, no, just uh, thanks. As you said, thanks very much. Go visit our new website. Uh, look for ways that you can support us. Again, if you are interested in some of these books or these ideas, uh, go through our affiliate links because that just, again, doesn't cost you any extra, but throws a couple bucks our way. There is a cost. I do want to say, I, I sometimes joke about this, but there is a cost associated with this. And, and uh, you know, I know Ryan bears a lot of it because he's the one who has the software knows how to work it and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, um, you know, it does cost us uh, something to have these, these various uh, software packages that we use and the equipment and so forth. So, yeah. uh, encourage you to, to support if you think it's worth a while. And, and here's the other thing share an episode or two with somebody. If you think, um, uh, it's something that somebody else ought to be listening to. Hope you'll share an episode too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Brian. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. And uh, we will chat next Tuesday on yeah. Leviticus. We're back into it. Yeah. Bye. See ya. Bye.